Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of praise and a reminder of the gospel that has saved us, sustains us, and sets us free. Sets us free. We have been in a series that we've been walking through verse by verse through this book in the Bible called Ephesians. Ephesians. So if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, I want to invite you now to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Uh, If you got an iPhone or a phone, go ahead and turn your eyelids to that or to the screen, and you'll be able to see the words uh, in front of you. Um, We have been in this series through Ephesians 5 that we've titled Imitate. Imitate. Everybody say Imitate. Imitate. We're learning how to be better imitators of our Heavenly Father, God Himself. And that comes out of the the Scripture. It comes out of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Look at this verse with me on the screen. In fact, let's read it together. Ready? One, two, three. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. What that text says is this is that one at one point, you and I together, we found ourselves in a spiritual orphanage distant from God, separated from his presence, and apart from a savior. And it was in that moment, in that state, that God loved us so much that he showed up at the spiritual orphanage, called you by name, and said, I want to adopt you into my family. And here's how that happens. It's by faith in Jesus, right? For those who have faith in Christ today, you've been moved into the family of God. If you don't have faith in Christ today, you're not a part of that family, but you could be you, you, the, the, the invitation stands before you today. The good news is that he's there, he's available, he's inviting you to receive. And for those who have received, you have now be, become a child, not just a child, but a dearly loved child of the King of Kings. And he says, because of that, imitate him. Be like your spiritual dad. Be like your heavenly father. Be an imitator. The word imitate, by definition, means to take something or someone as a model, and to follow that. So we're learning how to follow him. Amen? Does that make sense? And so in Ephesians 5, we've talked about all these different types of imitations. And today I want to preach from the subject, imitation by appreciation. Imitation by appreciation. Appreciation, especially in this season of life, is appropriate. Amen? We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Not to get your stomachs growling or anything, but a different type of thanksgiving, not just for food, but thanksgiving to God. And I think sometimes it's good to just be thankful to God because he's God, because he's done so much and because he set us free. And Ephesians 5 verse 20 reminded us last week, it says, to give thanks always and for everything. Come on, say this word with me. Always and everything. Say it again. Always and everything. So when should we give thanks? Always Always and everything. So Thanksgiving should be year-round. We should always be living in a state of always and everything, giving thanks to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so that looks like imitation by appreciation. The word appreciation by definition means recognition and enjoyment of the good qualities of someone or something. When you have a spirit of appreciation, you're saying, I recognize something in you that deserves praise that deserves thanks, that, that deserves recognition. Another definition is a feeling of expression, uh, a feeling of gratitude or admiration or approval towards someone. We're talking about appreciation in the context of God here. And as we began to discuss this, this subject, I thought 
of a story that I came across in the Bible once that really impacted my life. I went and found it. It's in Luke chapter 17, and I want us to look in depth at this story today and see what we can learn from this narrative. If you're there, say, I'm there. Luke chapter 17, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're hungry for God's word this morning, say, let's eat. Let's eat. Father, as we get ready to eat from your word right now, we need help. God, we ask for you to bless this meal, uh, deliver it into our heart and soul, speak to us, Holy Spirit, wake us up, help us to see Jesus more glorious because of this sermon. Give us the grace of concentration, in Jesus' name, amen. I am a, I'm a visual reader. I, I was the one who liked to look at the, the pictures in the book, you know? And uh, I still am, am, am like that. So when I read the Bible, I have to sometimes jump in it, right? I have to put myself in the narrative. I need to see people. I want to see Jesus. I want to feel it. I want to put myself in the story. I want to ask you to do that with me as we read this text. Luke 17, starting in verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers. Really quick, some context. That doesn't say leopards. It wasn't a fast cat, okay? He was met by 10 individuals who had contracted this disease of leprosy. They stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, the scripture says that they were cleansed. Then one of them When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner, Jesus says? The text finishes, and he said to them, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. We want to talk about this. We've got to clap just for the scripture. (laughs) And the church said, amen. That's enough right there to learn something from that text. right? But I think that we can probably put the magnifying glass on these verses and say, okay, God, what are some things that you want to help us see? How does this story uh, apply to even my life? What, what is God saying in this? And how can I jump into the story and at the same time be changed because of what God spoke? Remember, the scripture says that all scripture is good for our correction, our, our growth, our reproof that God's going to speak to us today through this word. Starting in verse 11, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. What that is telling us is that Jesus is making his final descent to Jerusalem, right? Up to this point in the Gospel of Luke, if you were to study Luke's account, chapter 1, all the way through mid through 17, you'll see Jesus has been doing a lot. The Gospel writer Luke, he made it his goal. He made it his course to write the finest, sharpest, most chronologically correct gospel epistle, gospel in this Bible, Right, so the Gospel of Luke has recorded everything that Jesus has done up to this point according to Luke's information. Right, he was a scholar. He wanted to interview all the eyewitnesses. And so Jesus has done much, but now, but now 
He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross. But Jesus, come on, even though while he's on his way to the cross, he's not too busy for people, right? He's focused, he's locked in, he has a mission, but he still has time to hang out with the village folk, amen? He, he entered a village. I love how Jesus enters into a village and he makes his, his time available for some people, but not just any people. Listen to me, church. He was met by 10 lepers, 10 lepers who stood at a distance. These, these men stood far off because it was only right that they did. They had the disease of leprosy. Leprosy was the worst known disease in mankind at this time. Leprosy had the power, if not contained, to contract onto so many different people at, at one given moment that it could wipe out all of Israel, if not careful. So leprosy came about early on in the Bible. You'll see even different people like the, the army ruler Naaman, who contracted leprosy, uh, King Uzziah, who had leprosy, and his leprosy was even a judgment from God, that God even said, hey, if you don't want to obey me, well, it's not going to end well for you. And so leprosy showed up in different forms at different stages at different times, but it was never good. And actually, it was so bad that God even spelt out some instruction for those who contracted leprosy in his law, specifically in Leviticus and Numbers. Let's look at what God had to say in the book of Leviticus. He writes very clearly in Leviticus 13. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare. He shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Numbers chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 tells us that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they put out the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge and whoever becomes defiled by a corpse. You shall put out both male and female. You shall put them outside the camp that they may not defile their camps in the midst of which I dwell. And the children of Israel did so, put them outside the camp as the Lord spoke to Moses, so the children of Israel did. This was a very difficult and challenging situation if you contracted the disease of leprosy. It was not going to end well. It meant that you needed to be an outcast from the community that you were involved in and that you were not even allowed to enter into the house of worship, the temple of the Lord. I was reading a commentary on this text uh, author and pastor Thabiti Anuwabi says it like this. He says, how difficult it must have been to be required to be the prophet of your own uncleanness, the herald of your own unworthiness before God. Imagine the burden of having to tell everyone you encountered that you were unclean. What a burden, right? I, sometimes I sense that burden if you know, maybe I'm, I'm sniffling or if I'm coughing a little bit that day, I might just, you know, I might just tell Mike, hey, man, let me just give you a little shoulder bump today. You know, like I don't want to, I'm unclean, bro, <laughs> you know. But imagine everywhere you went, you had to step in close enough to the door and say, hey, everybody. And everybody's like, hmm? And you're like, I'm unclean. Man, that's challenging. 
that for the rest of your life you had to, in order to be obedient to God's law, you had to make it known that you were unclean. That you had to pronounce and prophesy, I'm unclean. That would feel degrading and rejecting after a while, I would think. And in the meantime, if that wasn't bad enough, your sores are starting to multiply all over your body. You would have open, bloody wounds. You would, your hair would be falling out. Your skin would be turning pale and white. And all of a sudden, now you, you don't even have any uh, friends and community anymore. You would not have been invited to Thanksgiving dinner. You would not have been invited to, to, to have presents under the tree. You were unclean according to the law. And here's a group of 10 who have said, listen, if we're, if we're going to be unclean, let's be unclean together at least. <laughs> like, so they're hanging out together. They're feeling outcasted together and they're rolling around together, right? There's something about when you have something in common with somebody, you want to hang with them, right? You want to just be around people or, or maybe they just want to be around you, right? So the, a bunch of people uh, see something in you because they, they feel like there's some relatability, so if a bunch of crazy people want to hang out with you, well, that must mean, you know, um, let's just keep looking at the scriptures here, um, right? That, that, that it, or if a bunch of smart people want to be around you, or whatever that, you, 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 uh, you contract who you are. And so here's in community, these people roll up to Jesus. They could have been men and women together. But, but 10 people showed up with this terminal disease that was costing them their life costing them their identity. Their identity moved from, I'm a child of God, to I got leprosy and I'm unclean. And there's something about Jesus, right? Amen? That makes them say, I'm pushing past the, all of that and I want to I talk to him. That's something about Jesus that says, there's still hope for me. There's still a chance for me. If I could just talk to him, if I could just see him, if I could just speak to him, and this is their moment. They entered a village. He was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance because they couldn't get any closer. They're just trying to be obedient. And they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. You know that Jesus, by definition, the name Jesus, Yeshua, means savior? That just the very name of Jesus means save me. Just when you call out Jesus, you're saying, I need to be saved. And then they said, master, they must have had an idea who the Lord really is, that they have this idea that, you know what, Jesus is the master, a.k.a. he's the boss. He's the leader of leaders. He's the capital K king of the lowercase k kings. He's the big L-O-R-D of the lowercase lords, right? Jesus is, he's that, right? And they said, hey, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. I noticed that they didn't even say heal us. The first thing that they could just get out was, Jesus, would you just have mercy on us? The word mercy, by definition, is God giving you something you don't deserve. It's God not giving you what you do deserve. Wow. See, it, here's, what, here's what the lepers deserved. They deserve to be outcast. They've contracted this disease for whatever reason. And now they have to live this life of being unclean. That, that's what they believe to do. Deserve. So they're saying, Jesus, even though we deserve that, have mercy on us anyway. They must have known of a God of mercy. Do you know of a God about mercy? A God who has mercy? I, we were learning about this God of mercy this past Thursday, 
at our charge group. Bro, Pharaoh's gave a good word out of Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 8, says it like this. Come on, read it with me off the screen. Ready? One, two, three. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That the Lord sees you here this morning, regardless of your past, regardless of your spiritual leprosy, regardless of your uncleanness, regardless of what you were doing last night or this morning, the Lord sees you and is merciful to you. He is gracious to you. He is slow to anger. And he's abounding with steadfast love. The word abounding means it's tipping over, spilling over the cup. Amen. He's got enough love for you still. You might have stopped believing in God. He didn't stop believing in you. He's got, he's got more love, more slow to anger, grace and kindness and mercy for you. And these guys recognized it. Right? Shout out to the 10 lepers for having enough faith to show up to Jesus and say, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, Jesus, being the God man that he is, could respond in a variety of different ways. But I'm perplexed by his response. Verse 14 tells us that when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests, and they went and they were cleansed. I wanted to highlight this because I just didn't want to move past it too, f- too fast. It says that he saw them. I love that right there, that Jesus sees people. Like, know that today, church, that you stepped into a place today, a place of worship, and I just needed to remind you from God that he sees you. He sees you on your way to work. He sees you on your way home from work. He sees you while you're at work. He sees you while you're behind a computer screen. He sees you at Starbucks. He sees you at the gym. He sees you when you sleep. All right, I'm going to go into a Christmas song. He knows when you're awake. Right. He sees you. He, he saw, I like, I don't know. I just, he saw them, amen? Like, I think Jesus could have, he's just, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. I don't have time, but hold up. I see these people. He sees their pain, he sees their uncleanness, he he sees their outcast. And then he was moved to words. Remember we talked about last week, spirit-filled living looks like addressing one another. Jesus says, disciples, watch out, I want to address this group of people. He sees them and said something to them. I love how Jesus speaks. He wants to say something to you today, church. Like God is a God who, who speaks He's loud. He has a book of 66 books. It's a library of books in the Bible, God talking. He he loves you. He wants to speak to you. Amen? He wants to address you, and he says to them, he says to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. The the Lord's instruction here is, is this, go and show yourselves to the priests. I want to just remind you of something really quick, that this word, this two-letter word, this G word, go, is so powerful. This word go, oftentimes before somebody got their miracle, before somebody walked into their destiny, before somebody got their inheritance, it started with the Lord saying, you have to first take a step. You have to first be able to go. You have to have the faith that moves your legs into action. Jesus is like, look, I'm going to heal you, but I'm not going to do it for you. You got you to gotta go. You got to take a step and watch what happens. See, sometimes I, I'm challenged by people. They say things to me sometimes like this. Hey, uh, I, I, really wanna, I really want community. 
And I say, did you go to a group? I, I really want to hear from God. Do you go to church? I, I, I want a financial breakthrough. Do you go and tithe? Right? Like there's something about active faith that just moves God into action into your life that he just begins to release things into your destiny if you will say, okay, Jesus, I went and I, I, I spoke to you. You gave me the instruction to go. Like there's relational healing that's going to happen in your life if you'll go. And you'll go do it. Right? Peter said this in Matthew 18. Jesus, I got, what if we have issue with one another in the church? Jesus says, well, go. Don't bring a bunch of people with you. You go. You make it right with that person and gain your brother. Like, man, I feel like we're losing together. Yeah, you got to go gain each other. But it's not going to happen until you go. Make sense? There's something about this text that Jesus says, hey, look, I'm going to show you mercy. But you got to go. You got to go do something. Here's what you got to do. You got to go show yourselves to the priests. Now, this messed me up because I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Why would Jesus say, go show yourselves to the priests? Here's what Jesus was saying here. He's saying, look, you're going to get healed because only people that are healed show themselves to the priests. Jesus, just in this one sentence, told them what's going to happen. But there's something about them at this point where they're like, go show myself to the priests. I look at my arms and I still got sores all over them. I look at my legs and I still am frail. I look at my body. I look at my hair. I, nothing happened in my life. You want me to go show myself to the priest? Jesus, I've been going to the priest. They don't got nothing for me. I can't even step in the house. Every time I go to the priest, I have to say, I'm unclean. This required faith, amen? This required go and show requires faith, active faith, faith that has legs to it. This is walk church, right? We're, 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 we're to, it's going to require faith to take a step. And I want to encourage you to learn from these 10 people that had leprosy. What's your step today? What's Jesus telling you to go and do? Because he's telling him, go show yourself to the priest. So I love this right here. Watch this. As they went... They were cleansed. It, it doesn't say that in the moment they were cleansed. It doesn't say that Jesus said, behold, you're healed. He says that along the journey, they were walking and talking and realized, I'm healed. Okay, I just want to imagine this real quick. It's like, it's like, yeah, you know, man, we're walking. That was weird. I thought he was going to say something different than that, but I guess we'll go show ourselves to the priest and... <laughs> You know, you still got a sore on you. I still got sores on me. I still feel terrible. I'm still coughing. I'm still bleeding. And then what happens next is it says that they were cleansed, that they were cleansed. Let's go to the next verse. Watch this with me. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he had a moment. Come on, somebody. I don't know what you would have done. I'm not sure what I would have done. But I know that one of them, we don't know his name. Maybe in heaven we will. In heaven, I want to find this one. What happened? That moment where you were like, <laughs> Yo, Mike, I think I'm healed. I just, I, I just want to try to just put myself in those sandals. If they had them. 
I just want to try to go there and just watch when this brother realized I'm healed. Notice, notice what he, he saw on the way, active faith. I'm going. I'm just going to be obedient. I might look like a fool. The priest might look at me and say, man, get out of here. I told you you can't come in here. You're unclean. Now he realizes I'm healed. He says he turned back. He turned back. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to clap with you on that. Right? He turned back. Right? I want to give you some, some points here that if you're a note taker in the room, maybe these will help you just kind of put this in a, in a note taking way. Because remember, we're talking about spirit filled thanksgiving. Right? The, the scripture in, in Ephesians 5 says, Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another, giving thanks, always and for everything. So we're learning how to live this out through a story, always and everything, even if you had leprosy. And friends, we all have leprosy. It's called sin, right? And it will jump onto other people, and we need to be healed of it. We need to be saved of it and set free from it. And this is what happened when this man recognized that he was healed. The first point in spirit-filled thanksgiving is to recognize your healing, right? I, I want to encourage you, church, recognize your healing. Have you gotten so used to the grace of God that you can't even recognize him anymore? You just, did you just think that he, you, you earned it? Like, do you, oh, I, I, I've been had the grace of God. Like, he, he deserves to give it to me. What? How, where'd you get that wrong ideology? Don't get so... Uh, into the routine and mundane living that you forget who you are, right? You, you need the grace of God that we are all in this story. We're all part of that 10. But Jesus saw us, spoke to us, and said, I want to heal you. Recognize your healing. Amen? Amen? Recognize it. Because when you really start to recognize it, it will change your life. When you start to recognize Jesus as the capital H healer, it'll change your thinking. It'll change your relationship with God. It won't be a chore to spend time with God. It'll be a joy to spend time with God. It won't be a burden to spend time with God. It'll be a blessing to spend time with God, right? And Jesus, is, he's all about turning burdens into blessings, right? He, he turned this leprosy, right, into a healed man. And so he recognized his healing. The second thing the scripture tells us is that when he saw he turned back. He turned back. Not only did he turn back, he started praising God. There's something about turning. The word repent, by definition, is to turn back. Repentance is this. I'm on my way. I'm in my leprosy. I'm hanging with a bunch of other lepers, and then I recognize I'm healed. I'm recognizing I spent time with Jesus. I'm recognizing I need to be saved, and what happens? This is what you do. I'm going back. He, he, he turned back. The, the second point of spirit-filled thanksgiving is to repent of thanklessness. I want to encourage you to repent, turn from thanklessness. What is thanklessness? It's not acknowledging who did the blessing in your life. It's not acknowledging the one who gave you the air you're breathing right now. None of us at this moment in time are making our heart beat. None of us are making our brains work 
At any moment of time, God could make it rain and not stop the rain for 40 days. At any moment of time, God could keep the sun out and burn everything. At any moment of time, Jesus could do any one of these things. He could. He's able. He's God. But instead, he gives us so much grace. He gives us so much faith and favor. And so often, we go throughout our lives thankless. We go throughout our lives thankless. John MacArthur in his commentary says it like this. He says, thanklessness is a trait of unbelievers. Thanklessness is saying, yeah, I don't really believe in God. I did it myself. If I didn't do it, then you did it for me. I don't need anybody's help. Thanklessness is thanking the the energy. Thanklessness is thanking the earth. Somehow the earth thought of me. Earth didn't think of you. God thought of the earth. Right? The, The energy didn't think of you. The presence of God was there. Right? And Jesus changes the energy. Jesus changes the atmosphere. We need to repent of thanklessness because spirit-filled imitating looks like being thankful. Did you know that Jesus oftentimes throughout the Bible was thankful? One of the things Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, he says, God, I thank you for revealing your word to your children. Jesus thanked God for the word. Right When Jesus healed Lazarus and he rose him from the grave, he stopped in front of the tomb and said, God, thank you for raising him from the grave. When Jesus picked up the bread at communion and he said, Lord, this is your bread. Thank you for it. And then he picked up the cup and he said, Father, thank you for your blood. Right? Thank you for this wine that's going to be spilled out for the forgiveness of many. When Jesus took the the loaves and the fish, right, this little boy's happy meal, said he didn't have much. You don't have to have much. You just got to bring what you have. Say, Jesus, can you multiply what I do have? Jesus says, no, let me give thanks for it first. God, thank you that I'm going to take this two fish and this, whole, this little couple pieces of bread, and I'm about to feed 10,000 people, right? Jesus had a thankful heart. If we're going to imitate God, we got to repent of thanklessness, that all day long, we should be going out about our day with a spirit of thanksgiving, amen? Amen. Notice what happens next, right? He, he recognized his healing. He repented of his thankfulness. Then the text says that he turned back praising God with a quiet voice. No? My bad. He, he praised God with a mute voice. Nope. He praised God with a loud voice. Come on, somebody, right? That this guy had a praise. That his repentance... He didn't just turn back and go back to Jesus and say, yo, Jesus, man, that was really cool. Appreciate you healing me. All right, I'm going to see you later, all right? No, no, no. That's not his story. That it, it says that he, he recognized, yo, I'm healed. And I just want to imagine this is what he did. He said, yo, Mike, we got healed. Yo, Noah, we got healed. Hey, Alina, we got healed. Hey, Nina, we got healed. Let's go back. Let's go back. But he was met with this, the opposition. Nah, bro, we got what we came for. Let's just keep going. Let's not go back. Let's not go give thanks. Let's not go give praise. I'm not going to church, man. I'm going back to the club. Man, I'm going back to doing what I used to do. I got healed. I'm just going to go show, check a box, and I'm going back to where I came from, right? And, and, and this guy had the humility enough because he had spirit-filled thanksgiving, right? Ten people got healed. But one guy got saved. One guy, the light went off. That was Jesus. I'm going back. He goes back 
praising God. What does spirit-filled thanksgiving look like? Praising God. The Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Ghost, wants to praise God. He does. So I really, I can just imagine this dude. I can picture him. He recognizes healing happened, miraculous healing. He goes, praise God. I'm going back. People are like, yo, what happened to him? He got healed. That's the dude that had leprosy. Remember, he couldn't come in our shop. He couldn't come eat with us. He couldn't, we could never, we didn't think we would ever see him again. He was on his way to, to hell. He was on his way to death. He didn't know God. He was separated from God. He was outcast from God. But then he realized, he recognized and so he said, you know what, I'm not, even, I'm not just going to go back, I'm going to bring something back. And he brought his praise. Listen, you might not have a dollar in your bank account. Bring your praise. Right? You, you, you may not sing well. Bring your praise. Right? Just bring your praise. I think that that's what God's looking for. He's looking for spirit-filled thanksgiving that results in praising. Right? Lift your hands if you feel led to. Come down to the altar if you feel led to. Dance if you feel led to. Praise. I, I, am I reading a different story than you? Are we in the same book? I see somebody who recognized his healing, came back, started praising God with a loud voice. Let me lead us into the last thing we see him do. The text says that he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. There was something about this man that just felt like he just needed to be on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks, right? So I just gotta, I, I gotta bring my praise, bring my thanks. I was, I had leprosy. Y'all heard what I said about it, right? In the law, this was the worst of the worst. He thought all his dreams about having a family were gone. All his dreams about being a new person was dead. He got healed. He said, I'm bringing my praise. He fell down at his face. This last point is this, to realign with God. I felt like at that moment he realigned. I don't know, has, has, have your car, has your car ever been out of alignment? It just drifts to one side? Like if you let go of the wheel, it would just drift? That's kind of like us. We take our eyes off Jesus. If we stop looking to the sun, we'll just start drifting to the world. Start drifting to the things of, of sin. But he said, you know what? I need to realign, I need to realign, focus in on Jesus, fall right at his feet, and give him thanks. To real, if you need to realign with God, we're about to sing a song here in a minute, and I want to give everybody a chance to respond however you feel led to respond. But I do know this, when you get healed, when you get saved, when you get set free, I think it should require a response. There's going to be a couple people that get baptized. What that is? It's a response. It's a response that says, I once was dead. I went into the water. That's what that, I was once in the grave. I came up. Jesus pulled me up. He healed me. I brought a praise. I'm bringing a praise. He realigned with God. If you need to realign with God, I want to encourage you to, to realign in this moment of prayer and response. You can grab one of our leaders, man, woman, one of our team members, and just get it right. Just say, hey, I want to realign. Can you pray for me? If you need to realign today, you can fill out a connection card and just say, I need to realign with God. We have a, a little checkbox that says, renew. Renew my relationship. I want to realign. That's what he did here. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. As the text finishes, Jesus had a response. Because I really believe Jesus responds when we respond. 
right? It says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I wonder if sometimes God is like, man, please draw near to me today. Please draw near to me today. You missed it again. Draw near. The text finishes. Now, he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even of Jewish faith. He didn't have a Jewish background. He didn't even know Jesus as the Messiah. He showed up in community, and he left saved. Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? A second title for this message would be, where are the nine? Maybe they're in here. Who's the one? Where are the nine? Was not one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus is like, bro, you really got faith. You're not even from around here. You're a foreigner, but you figured it out. It's all about Jesus. Jesus said to him, rise. I love that right there. Rise up. It's time to get up. Go your way. Because your faith has made you well. Jesus centers in on this reality that it was his faith that made him well. I looked up this phrase, made you well, in the original language, in the original Greek. It's the, it's the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. And I really feel like our English language fails to meet the test of what sozo really means. Made you well is cool. But the, the, the phrase sozo means saved your life. Really what Jesus said, he said, rise, go your way, your faith has saved your life. He, he came back <laughs> saved. His life was saved. His eternity was saved. He was a new creation. And I don't know about you, but maybe you today would say, yeah, man, my faith saved my life. Ephesians 2 would even say that your faith is a gift from God. It's really his faith to you. That Jesus showed up at your spiritual cemetery and called you out of the grave, gave you faith, gave you new eyes and a new heart and said, come on, join my family. And we respond with praise. And we respond with thanksgiving. Imitation by appreciation. Today, if you need to get saved, if you need to be like him, the one, you need to come back to God, I want to give you every chance to do it. And tomorrow, if it hits you and you're like, you know what, tomorrow's my day, then do it tomorrow. But whatever you need to do to respond, we want to give you the freedom to do that. I'm going to lead us into a time of prayer. Jason's going to lead us in worship, and we're going to respond to this word today.